104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Yeah, here we are back in the studio again for another round of Ned Talk. I am your host, Joe Weston, and I decided to start out this week's show by giving everybody wrestling nicknames, so... Ned Reynolds is now officially Rowdy Ned Reynolds. (laughs) Alec is Alec Macho Man Scott. All right. And Josh Roberts is The Rock because he's always here. He's rock steady. Thank you. And I'm Mean Joe Weston. So here we are. We're in the studio. We're talking about sports, specifically talking about Chiefs football. And uh, what do you guys think? I mean, that last game against the Chargers... Ned, I all season long you've been saying the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. That game made me a believer. Yeah, it's. it's I think they are, in my opinion, personnel wise and philosophy wise. I think it's it's really faulty to even not include them as the number one team. They are. They're. You know, I bleed the green of Philadelphia, but the Eagles, while they have a nice record and a good team, they aren't in the same caliber as the Chiefs by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, Kansas City has it going for them. You win games like they did with the, the Chargers last week, although I saw in one of the previews I was reading this morning they had that the Chiefs beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, <laughs> that's this? a low-scoring game for the Clippers. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, who, what, where'd you read that at? I'm not going to tell you the publication, but it was on this, uh, this fountain of all information here, the cell mm. phone. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Alec, your thoughts on last week's game? You know, it's it's interesting for me because I'm almost I'm almost like yawn seeing it. They I just feel like the Chiefs they're as I'm the ultimate pessimist for the team I root for, but when I watch Kansas City when they lost that lead with just over two minutes left, I didn't have a doubt in my mind. It was like, I know it's gonna happen. They're gonna flip that switch, they're gonna fly down the field, Chargers are gonna play that prevent defense and allow at least three plays of ten plus yards in a row to get it started, and then the Chiefs are gonna find the end zone. And it's just what they're built to do. They have it in them. And the only way that they seem to get stopped in that situation is if they just don't flip that switch themselves. I was amazed. I agree with you completely. I was amazed because I I had no doubt in that game. I mean, the Chiefs were in control of it all the way until that last period when they gave up the touchdown, gave the Chargers the lead. But even then, I was like, they're going to win this game. I had no doubt. I've got to tell you that in watching that game – Uh, Los Angeles got down inside the five-yard line, and I think they had first and goal, if I'm not mistaken. And I said, you watch what they're going to do with with some friends of mine. You watch what they're going to do. They're going to kill the clock down here. They're going to run it down and then tally with either a field goal or a touchdown, preferably a touchdown. That's what they're going to do. Run it down. No. The first play, they score a touchdown. Oh, my God. There's still a minute 45. That is eons for Patrick Mahomes. I know. Just just impressive. Josh, did you watch the game? I did not. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I watched the highlights. I I read the box score. And this is, I mean, the the Chiefs, when they want to be, are the best team in in the NFL. And so I'm I'm glad that they had control of this game. It's weird that, that they even lost the lead at some point. But, I mean, that's a testament, I think, to the Chargers. They're a decent team. They're not terrible. So, but I'm the Chiefs should and can win every game that they play. 
They were impressive. And like I said, Ned said all this season long, the Chiefs are the best team in football. And I've kind of had other teams in the mix that kind of scare me, but now I think they're by far the best team in football. The only thing that does scare me at this point is the Chiefs were the best team in football the year they lost to Tampa. And uh, I still don't know how they lost that game. I really, really don't know how they lost Key deficiencies on their offensive line is what lost it for them. And Tampa is not a dumb team. They were able to capitalize on this. Key injuries on, if I remember correctly, the left side of their offensive line and put all sorts of pressure on Mahomes. Well, those problems have been corrected, and they have a very good their their balance is good, and their depth is outstanding. That's the that's the major factor. That's what's going to be a winning team in the NFL. Your depth factor, for instance, today uh, Kadarius Tony's not going to play. <laughs> New York fans are really giving it to Kansas City. You, know, you got you got what you wanted. Now, this guy's never <laughs> yeah. going to play, or going to play one every two two months, or something like that. Anyway, he's not going to play. But the Chiefs have the depth at wide receiver. And they have Travis Kelsey. And when you have Travis Kelsey out there and Patrick Mahomes throwing to him, that's a deadly combination. It is. Juju Smith-Schuster is back this week. Scantling, of course, is there. A guy that impressed me last week was Sky Moore. Yeah, He came up very big. We've heard his name a lot. Last week was his opportunity to shine, and he did. He played an impressive game. He did. Played very well. Finally, the... Top draft choice for the team, not the top, but certainly one of the top draft choices is coming through and playing well, and he's capable of doing that. And he has to be he has to be really solidified mentally in playing this one because of the surrounding territory here. He has a lot of folks on whom he has a lot of confidence, especially the QB. And when you have a leader, and Patrick Mahomes is a leader, then you're going to succeed many, many, many more times than you fail. What impressed you about the Chiefs last week, Alec? I, I think I'd throw my hat in with Sky Moore as well. This really seemed like the game where, if at least during his rookie year, if not now, win. No Juju. Tony leaves injured. Valdez Scantling only finished the game with one catch. They needed another weapon to go with Kelsey. Not barely. Kelsey can almost do it by himself, it seems, at times. But they needed someone else, and he showed up for them. Some clutch third-down catches really kept that ball moving. And you can tell the team just they believed the whole time. They never they never panicked despite some offensive weapons being out. They just said, Okay, next guy up, let's keep this thing moving. And yeah, you saw they they believed the whole time that that game was theirs to win. Although I think you just hit on uh, in a previous statement, one of the keys is that stupid prevent defense that they go to. That yeah. cost the Chargers so mightily in this game. Had they played the same, put some pressure on Mahomes, no, it's not going to stop him, but you're going to limit what they can do or at least have a chance at limiting them. With the prevent defense, my God, just pass right downfield and get yourself in shape. I'm He's- always blown away when teams go into that shell and play prevent defense because I would say nine times out of ten, they end up giving up the points they're trying to prevent giving up because they're in that type of defense. It's prevent victory is what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, that's I would, typically what it does. I would rather take the chance playing straight-up defense yep. and let them, you know, the odds of them going over top of you, you know, it doesn't happen a ton throughout any given game. I would rather make them do that than give them 12, 15, 13, down there in field goal range. Well, especially with the Chiefs because that that's what sets up their big plays when they throw those 10 or 12-yard passes to in the flat or out in the, in the middle, those zone areas that – that Kelsey is so great at getting into, that's what sets up those big plays that they have. 
because then you're pulling the they, they have no choice but to pull in. So I just yeah I've never understood the prevent defense. It does not work. The Chargers are were an impressive team, and I, they were really banged up coming into this game. And I was impressed with the way that they played. I don't think they're a bad football team. I've always griped about them on air because they every season it seems like we go in and the Chargers, their team watch, watch the Chargers, and they never do anything. But I was impressed with the way they play. They, of course, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he suffers from being in a division with Patrick Mahomes. And really, at this point of the whole race, of the whole shooting match, I think the NFL MVP really – Comes down to Patrick Mahomes. It's his to win. I won't. I don't think anybody will argue that he has played so well. His statistics, of course, speak for themselves. But over and above all of that is his ability to lead the team. Without him, the Chiefs are a good but hardly great team. Many people, many other teams in the NFL would whip their behinds, but not with him back there because he can lead a team to victory, and that's what he's doing. The guy is a natural leader. He's the best QB in the NFL, and he makes their team the best team in the NFL. You're listening to Ned Talk, your local live sports show, 50 minutes away from the start of the Chiefs pregame show from Kansas City. Arrowhead, this weird quirk of the schedule where the Chiefs have the L.A. Chargers last week and have the L.A. Rams this week. As I said, the Chargers, an impressive team. I think that they have an outstanding shot of making the playoffs, make even, the playoffs yeah. even as banged up as they are. Let's talk about the other side of the football for the Chiefs, that bend but don't break defense, again out there making big plays when they need to. And everybody's starting to pay attention to one guy in particular on the defensive side of the ball, and that's Nick Bolton. He's good. He does a very nice job. He's also a very bright linebacker. Now, I don't know whether he is calling the, the defensive shots. I think he probably is, either either him or uh, Willie Gay, one of the, one of the two. <clears throat> but they seem to have that innate sense that linebackers have when it's time to blitz. Now, if that is called from the sidelines, then I'll back off. But I don't think it is. I think these players know from the setup what's going to happen. And he called a couple of blitzes, or he was the blitzer on a couple of blitzes last week that really had Herbert running for his life. In fact, sacked him one time I mean really hit him full blast and yes Bolton has been the kid he's a University of Missouri product and he can play he's also one of the keys to that team that's true I in in my opinion though Joe I think it's more the disruptive defensive ends the Chris Jones and the Clarks and the kid from Purdue Karloftis getting in there I think that's really what makes the defense a whole lot more sharp than than they might really be because they are hurrying these quarterbacks. It's a collective group, really, this year. That's, there's nobody. Bolton would be the outstanding guy, I would think, at this point, if you had to choose a defensive MVP for the Chiefs this season. But you look at that team, and you're exactly right. That whole defensive line, maybe not getting a lot of sacks, maybe not seeing a huge sack number from anybody in particular, but they're all getting back to the quarterback, all rushing him. And another key to that is an improved secondary this year because they're making it so the quarter the quarterback can't get the ball out quickly, tying up the receivers downfield. And I haven't seen the Chiefs beat yet this season where they were just badly beat on a play downfield. It looks like most of the time there's somebody there, and if they get beat, you got to tip your hat to the guy because he just beat you. Yeah, Keenan Allen was that individual last week. He made some 
Yeah, tremendous made, catch. made some made some tremendous plays. Mahomes made a tremendous throw too early in the uh, first half. I don't remember. Uh, it may have been to Sky Moore. He put the ball in one spot where Sky Moore, or whoever the receiver was, could catch the ball, and that was it. Nobody else was going to get it. It was going to hit the ground, or it was going to be caught by a chief. <laughs> and the chief made the play, and it was it, it was an exciting football game. Let's turn our attention to today's game. Like I said. Little quirk of the schedule playing the LA Rams today, but this time in Arrowhead. And the Rams are definitely banged up. Matthew Stafford will not be starting today. This is really, and then Cooper Cup, of course, is out for the rest yeah. of the year, more than likely. This really, uh, I know this is a misstatement, but this is close to being a non competitive football game. The Rams are in a real desperate situation. They have no. They lost to the Saints last week and lost a couple of other players. They do have Aaron Donald. He is still in there, and he is a rock on defense. But their offensive team, their whole system, is almost last in the NFL in passing, in rushing, and in overall productivity. Their offensive unit is just plain poor. They're going to start a third-string quarterback today, Bryce, and I think. Uh, it's, is it Bryce Allen? Whatever it is, kid, he played for Arizona State and then Virginia, and he's going to get their start. It's not going to be Jim Wolford, the kid from Wake Forest. He won't be in there. But you, you, you're not going to win with, with guys like this and so badly beat up. That's why I've said frequently during the course of our shows here that the Chiefs have lived in a very lucky – it's more than luck. They're, they're just good – but they have had no really serious injuries. And when I say really serious, that's two guys, Mahomes and Kelsey. And as long as they're in there, they're going to be fine. What is Bryce's last name? Bryce Perkins, Perkins is the name. It, Bryce Perkins. I think he's going to get the start today. Ned hit it on the head, Alec. Follow that up a little bit about the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, they played a couple of chippy games, but have come out, come out of those games extremely well without many injuries. I mean, uh, your guy that's followed Juju Smith-Schuster, he took a bad hit in that game against Tennessee. No, it was Tennessee. It was Jacksonville. Took a bad hit against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised he's back already. What is this, What kind of guy is he as far as durability goes? It, he, In his time in Pittsburgh, he had one bad stint where he suffered a bad, he took a hit right on the, I think it was an elbow or shoulder hit, a big shot early in the season. He missed the rest of the regular season. Pittsburgh sneaks into the playoffs, and he comes back and guts that one out. We got throttled by, I think, the Chiefs. However, he still suited up and went back out there in a game where going into his free agency period, it was a risk to put himself in there. So he's a guy who wants to be out there, wants to play, and will tough out those injuries. He clearly has through the concussion protocol, has passed every step that they want him to. They gave him that week off last week as well, and so – him being back there is big because I think him and Mahomes were really cooking on something before that injury started. He's really becoming, if if not Kelsey, where's Juju? That seems mm-hmm. to be Mahomes' progressions right now. And if he has two guys like that, just even more dangerous. The odd man out on all this, Josh, is Scantling. He has not been as productive as some of the other receivers. He seems to be almost non-existent. McCole Hartman, before he got injured, was really beginning to show flashes. Our, our buddy John would always say, it's time for him to step up. Right. He stepped up, got hurt. What do, what do we need to do? What do the Chiefs need to do to get Scantling as part of this system? Well, I think he has to be healthy. I think I don't think he's healthy. And that, I mean, there may have been some, that may have been part of the reason that 
the uh, Packers let him go. I mean, who knows? It, it's hard to tell because you never get the full story on these guys when when they disappear from one team. But uh, I don't know. I think the Chiefs have enough weapons at maybe time just to move on. I mean, I think that he could be productive if he's healthy, but I don't think he is. So I think they just need to move to the next guy and, and give that give that next guy the chance. You're right about Kadarius Tony, because he I, I think that's what we're finally seeing maybe why he left the Giants. Because you you Ned always likes to point out to us there's a reason right. why this guy's available and we may have discovered the reason. Well, he is very fragile as far as the hamstring, and you frequently see this with very tight muscled players like he is. Not real big, but uh, very uh, sinewy, and uh, frequently they will run into muscle pulls somewhere along the line or hamstring problems. Yeah, but even over and above that, Joe, the reaction from New York fans when (laughs) he immediately went to the sidelines leads me to believe there's even more to it than that. Like, perhaps this guy wasn't a great factor in the clubhouse for this team. Mm. But, again, we're making speculation. He's a talented athlete. He played well at Florida. He was an All-America at Florida. He was a Giants' top top draft choice in 2021. You know he had some level, some capabilities of doing some big things. And if the Chiefs can get his head on straight and cure him of these muscular problems, yes, he could be a very big contributor to this team. That remains to be seen. During the broadcast last week, it was pointed out that in the game before the Jacksonville game, Clyde Edwards-Lair did not touch the ball. Mm-hmm. So this week, last week, against the Chargers, the Chiefs made an effort to get him the ball. Pacheco's still the number one guy, deserves that spot. What happens to Allaire? He gets injured. And I think we've talked about it in the past, We've talked about it for quite a while, actually, in the show, that maybe his time in Kansas City is running out. He is in the fourth spot right now, but that is due to injured reserve. Ronald Jones, who I don't know has touched the ball at all this season, <laughs> he's in the third spot, but you're going to see a lot of Jarek McKinnon today. You're going to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. That doesn't bother me at all. Those two guys have played extremely well. I had Jones, quite frankly, sliced from the team at cutdown yeah, day right before it started. I don't know why he's still with them. <laughs> and, and he doesn't know why he's still with him. He has played with the team. Hey, let me go. Let me trade me to somebody or do whatever it is. Make me a free agent. I want to play. Well, he's not playing. They've just kept him sequestered on the bench. I think he is dressing for every game, but not contributing one little bit. So he won't be around. I'd be surprised if Edwards Hilaire is around next year unless he does a complete turnaround. They have their they have a great stockpile of Talented athletes, not not just on offense, but everywhere on that ball club. It's it's a good team. They've constructed this team very well. No 2022 stats for, for, Ronald, for Ronald Jones. There's none. And this There's guy no was stats. Uh, he, he didn't play a great deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but in college he played a great deal at Southern Cal, and he was a very very fine player. But there's a there, it's not a finite difference. It's a glaring difference between the top level of pros and your top level of colleges. Mm-hmm. Ned mentioned USC. When we come back, we'll talk about the upside-down world of college football. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. A little ways away from the start of the Chiefs pregame show, actually about 36 minutes. Joe Weston with Ned Reynolds. Josh Roberts, Alex Scott, we're talking some sports. Yesterday, an interesting day in college football. Let's get our weekly Alabama update from Josh. How'd it go? Alabama easily won the Iron Bowl against the lackluster Auburn Tigers. (laughs) Uh, But what's silly to me is LSU lost to Texas A&M, who's terrible. But now they have the same conference record as Alabama and they have the tiebreaker since they beat Alabama. So LSU is still going to play Georgia in the SEC Championship, and Alabama's on the outside looking in. Oh, poor it Alabama. It <laughs> well, it's, you know. It's like tough I told being you Alabama. Earlier, it's a failed season yeah, because they poor, lost to poor LSU Alabama. and they lost to Tennessee. And That's, they lost Josh by a total in those two games of four points. I know. I know. <laughs> there were some good upsets in college football this week. Though. Well, yeah. I, I think the, the Georgia won easily. They did. And then there's no reason to think that anything changes. They're the best team in college football. With a bullet. With a bullet. Number one with a bullet. Thank you, Casey. Yeah. And then uh, I think the interesting game yesterday was the um, Michigan-Ohio State game. And I can't tell you, I uh, did not weep at all to watch Michigan (laughs) trounce the Ohio State University. For the second straight year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is twice now that Michigan has bested the Buckeyes. And here's a (laughs) I love this story, too, that I read this morning. Here the Buckeyes finish with one loss on the year. Coach is on the hot seat. Right. Come yeah. on, people. We lost to Michigan. <laughs> he, can lose all, he can lose all the games, but he lose to Michigan. That's that's Dad, the bad one. I understand this. I understand. Those rivalries run different in college football. Yeah, he, if you're hired at Ohio State, bullet point one, beat Michigan. Bullet point two, beat Michigan. So what, three, what happens win if you go game. one and 11? One win and 11 losses, but your one win is the orange rival? Well, yeah. okay, we'll keep you around. Give, yeah, that's <laughs> They'll what, give you one no, more year. That's yeah. what I've always uh, said Well, about. you beat Michigan, so uh, there you go. <laughs> right. When I when I first started becoming an Alabama fan, they always said, if you could be 3-8 and eight, as long as those three wins are LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn. Yeah, how does that, how do those cult meetings start out? <laughs> how did how did they get you? Were you on a street corner and they just walked up to you and I can't hand, tell you that. hand you out a pamphlet and a hat? <laughs> I got a meeting you can go to with the Church them. of Nick City. We'll Feeling ta- lonely? We'll talk later. Us Alabama fans can help you out. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, it was a trouncing yesterday too. I, did you watch any of that game? Which one is Alabama and Auburn? No, the uh, Ohio State Michigan game. No, I didn't. I had other other duties. Uh, that he said duty. <laughs> no, they, they were. I can't tell you where they were because it's up the road here a little bit. But it still had. I was the jail. No, <laughs> another radio station. Oh, okay, okay. I'm but, sorry, but be that That's as may, I had duties up there that involved basketball and not okay. football. So no, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I did follow the game on these electronic devices, of which I am not a fan. But uh, yeah, it again, Transistor Michigan. Radio. Michigan's yeah. a good, a good team, a very, very good football team. Harbaugh's a good coach. I know he's had all sorts of pressure put on him and. He was not going to stay around. The guy is everything that he's supposed to be. He comes from a football family, for heaven's sake. The Harbaugh's are very much engrossed in football. There is a lot of pressure on him because he's a Michigan product, and he was a standout at Michigan back in the Bo Schimbeckler days. 
but and so he's always going to be under that pressure. But they can't; they're not going to be able to do any better than what they've got with him right now. No, he's a right. great mm-hmm. coach, and he has made them a top five team with his recruiting and his coaching ability. Here's here's one of the keys too that's coming up. They're they're going to be. They're, now, I know there's one more game before the final bowl rankings come out. They won't lose anything this week. In fact, they'll probably move to number two this week behind yeah. Georgia. They but are they number two right now. Yeah, but that's not the bowl rankings. This is yet. the AP Top 25. Well, the bowl rankings are the official ones, and that'll be Tuesday. But but they do have the Big Ten Conference Championship game. But who are they playing in that Big Ten Conference Championship? How about the mighty Boilermakers from Purdue. <laughs> is that Boilermakers? Michigan, Purdue, and Michigan should run the Boilermakers right out of the ballpark. There are never any guarantees, but Purdue is in Indiana. The Big Ten Conference Championship games in Indianapolis. will have a big, big, uh, also, well, Michigan, for that matter, have a big rooting support in, from their crowd. But, hey, Michigan should win that one by a couple of touchdowns. Saturday, the SEC Championship, Georgia versus LSU. Michigan is at number two in the AP poll, and they will play the Big Ten Championship against Purdue, as Ned just said. TCU Horned Frogs are at Horned Frogs. Sorry about that for you Horned Frogs fans. (laughs) They are at number three, and they'll play the Big 12 Championship on Saturday against K-State. And USC, they are in the number four slot. Pac-12 championship versus Utah, who's no slouch. They uh, had a good game against Notre Dame, who've been playing very good football. I suspect that Southern Cal will be number four because it's uh, TCU is going to be in there. I'm predicting it will be uh, Georgia, Michigan, Texas Christian, and Southern Cal. I think Southern Cal will be the fourth team. But watch out in that Big 12 championship game. Uh, you're absolutely right. Southern Cal, Utah, the Utes have a really, really fine football team. I don't know whether Utah and Southern Cal played this year during the course of the season, but even if they did not, uh, this will be a solid contest. And where are they playing this year? I love this. Las Vegas. <laughs> so let me ask you this, uh, because, you know, Josh is a NFL conspiracist and I'm a uh, college football conspiracist. How is it possible that Ohio State and Alabama will sneak into the championship and they don't play? Well, yeah. it, if, if that were to happen, of course, uh, in the, the Georgia-LSU game, more than likely LSU is going to be the loser. So from that aspect on things, if things work out well, Alabama could sneak back in there. Because they have not lost, other than the two games, the total of four points, and they won convincingly, beat Auburn by 22 yesterday, and the spread was 22 and a half. Oh! oh. <laughs> you lose some chocolate chips Heart on brain. that one? No, no, one, one. Oh, you won some. But I also lost some on the half. Yeah. <laughs> but over and above that particular scenario, uh, those those are very good teams, and Alabama it is possible that they could sneak in there. I just want to go on record as saying Alabama does not deserve to be in there this year. And I love Alabama. They aren't, Josh, they are not as good as some of the no. other Alabama teams we've seen over the years. They, are, they don't have that kind of skill. And it, it falls on the defense. They give up a right. lot of big, big runs and Too a, much. a lot of big planes. Uh, and that has, that has hurt them. I think it's going to be that USC game that Alabama's going to be staring at because if they need someone to fall out, 
Georgia and, you know, TCU, Georgia, all those, their spots are maybe a little more locked up even with a close loss. But USC, if they lose, someone's got to take that spot. And with Ohio State getting trounced by Michigan, I think that's Alabama's spot for the taking. And I think that's who the committee wants to put in if they can. I'll also say back in the BCS era when it was the computer model that spit out the teams, that was the year that LSU beat Alabama 9-6 to in the regular season. Alabama didn't play in the SEC championship, but because of the way that the computers spit them out, it spit out LSU number one and Alabama number two, and then Alabama beat them 26 to nothing in the national championships. So, mm. Whatever. I think the safest team in the top four right now is Michigan. Yeah, I think, I think, so. I think there's a chance TCU could lose to K-State, mm-hmm. and I think there's a chance that USC could lose to LSU. To, no, Utah, to, to Utah. To, to, to oh, Utah. You said USC. And I do think that there's, you know, a, a very so outside possibility that LSU comes up with a big game and beats Georgia. Uh, highly unlikely. No, Anything but LSU, LSU's played some, at times this season, has looked extremely good. True. Mm-hmm. And if they can put that together for one 60-minute game, play like they played against Alabama, they could beat Georgia. Well, and a couple of weeks ago, Georgia only won 16-6 to against a team that they should have blown out. Well, I don't remember who that was. That would have been uh, Mississippi State, I think right. it was, or somebody like that. Yeah. But they, they struggled against Vandy, too. Right. But it's not a matter of struggling. It's a matter of taking your foot off the pedal and putting it forward in all gear. They will be, they'll be ready for well, yeah. LSU. I would, I would expect them to be firing on all cylinders in this championship game. So let's let's do our conspiracy here. What's it going to take? I mean, wh- what do you see having to happen to get Ohio State and Alabama back into the championship? Because that's what everybody, that's what the networks want. I don't think there's much of a chance for Ohio State to get back in. I don't think, even though they're they are only have one loss on the year, and Alabama has the two losses. There is a difference in the level of play with these teams, a difference in their scheduling and so forth and so on, and I think the committee takes that into consideration. But Alabama, if, if Utah beats Southern Cal, that creates an opening. If TCU, and this is more than just a, just a dream of somebody, Kansas State's damn good, folks. They're a really good football team. They put it to KU last night. In Manhattan, Kansas State can play, and I can see them beating Texas Christian. But by the same token, if that if that happens, yeah, there may even be two openings in there. It, it's possible, but there would have to be some key championship upsets. When we come back, yep. we'll talk about something sports-related, I'm sure. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Less than 19 minutes away from the start of the Chiefs pregame show right here on your home for the Kansas City Chiefs. In southwest Missouri, 104.7 The Cave. I'm Joe Weston, Ned Reynolds, Alex Scott, Josh The Rock Roberts with us. Let's talk about the NFL. If anything's uh, topsy-turvier than the uh, college football, it is definitely the NFL. The Thursday results, Detroit's for real. Detroit is a very good football team. For real. They're not... uh... 
They're not there. They haven't matured to the point where they're going to be a championship contender, but they are getting doggone close to it. That's a good ball club. Everybody that you would expect to win won on Thursday. There were no real surprises. I think the only surprise was that they were all pretty decent games. Good games. And everybody held them close. Right now, 10-10 at the half with Buccaneers and the Browns. Deshaun Watson can come back next week against Tennessee. Or not Tennessee, against Houston Houston next week. Do you bring him back? Oh, Evans, yes. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, their record's three and seven. Or do you just write off this year? No, no, you never write off anything until you are utterly eliminated, and then I'm not even sure you write it off then because they're paying these guys big bucks to get in there. And Deshaun Watson, he'll come back and he'll play next week. And as bad as Houston is, and they are very weak. Is it, was the last score twenty-seven to nothing? Is that what Miami? It's thirty nothing now. Oh, geez. Yeah. Come on, they're not even they're not even competitive. Yeah, you bring him back there, get him, get the rust off the arm, and get him to playing. And Deshaun Watson can still play, guys. At least I think he can. Bengals and Titans right now. Bengals have been a bit disappointing this season. It's a ten ten game. They just started second half of that game. We're at halftime and the Texans-Dolphins game. They just mentioned that one. Dolphins, 30. Texans, 0. And then uh, in the third quarter, it's the Jets who benched their quarterback this week over some comments that he made in the presser after the game. 17-10 over the Chicago Bears. Neb, what'd you think of that whole thing? Oh, I'm surprised there is that level of disciplinary action uh, for saying something that... Is t- it takes place in pro football. That that did surprise me a little bit. That's more of a, a college or a high school. You don't talk to the press or something like that. But, hey, whatever happened to freedom of speech? Why can't somebody express their opinion? And it comes down hard on somebody else? Too blasted bad. That's the way things are. I'm, I'm very disappointed in the level, in some cases, that major industries and major teams and so forth have taken in quashing individuals from making remarks. Now, if it's something seditious or non-truth, but an opinion, we're allowed to voice our opinions. We do on this show. His opinion was wrong, though. <laughs> I mean, that, that that offense had a lot to be apologetic for to the Jets' defense, who plays. Or the Jets have a really good defense. They have a good team. And they the offense didn't show up at all. They lost the game. And I think for the sake of the locker room, I think that's the reason why that move was made. There's no question about that. It's for the unity on the team, but I'm not sure I agree with the suspension. But that's us. That's us voicing our opinion. You're going to quash me on that now, Joe? (laughs) Yep, you're off the air. There you go. Wait, I turned your microphone off now. You can't talk anymore. Ned Ned is on the bench now. It was a compounding thing. I mean, his his comments definitely, I think that was the nail in the coffin because he played poorly. It wasn't just the whole offense. Zach Wilson leading it was, you know, they averaged, I think the stat was 2.8 a play in the second <laughs> half. Wow. Um, you know, they you, you could run quarterback sneaks all half and come up with better stats than that. And I it just came across the ticker here. The guy they've started today was 16 of 20 for 230-some-odd passing yards and two touchdowns, and they're winning 17-10. I know the Bears' defense isn't on New England's defensive level, but still, if you if it's a week-to-week thing where the performance is down and then you come out and boldly say, nah, I'm good, mm. I'm doing my thing, 
then we need to find someone who's going to do something better than that. Well, that gives somebody an excuse for replacing you if you aren't doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't stop you from saying anything. No. Josh, what's been your biggest surprises and disappointments to this point in the season? I Well, let's see. I am surprised that the Jets are as good as they are because I always expect them to be like 1-16 at this point. Uh, I'm surprised at – I'm surprised that the Eagles actually lost a game um, because they were firing so on all cylinders so much. But, you know, I mean, it's the NFL. It's it's nearly impossible to go undefeated. Um, in a good way, I am – well, I don't know if it's a good way. I, I'm impressed with how good the AFC is this year. And I'm a little surprised at how bad overall the NFC is. Except the NFC East. Except for the NFC East. Yeah. yeah. They're solid, which normally they're not. So it's kind of a flip-flop. Ned, your thoughts? What are you, What's your biggest surprises and disappointments to this point of the season? Well, the fact that the Dallas Cowboys have come on and played so very well here and their, their matchup, their rematch with Philadelphia, which is coming up in probably a couple of weeks, and it's going to be a dandy struggle. It's in Dallas. Of course, Philadelphia already has the win over them in Philly. And the uh, I think probably in terms of disappointment – Oh, gosh, Seattle Seahawks have not played well. Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, they haven't played well at all. They're, of course, injuries have been the, the key factor, but we've talked about that all along. The NFL, that's injuries going to happen. And you, you build championship teams on your level of depth and your signings and your ability to go out and scout talent and so forth and so on. And I guess the Rams decide to take this year off because they don't have it. But then again, they are missing an awful lot of people. True. So I would I would uh, classify them or categorize them as being a major disappointment this year. Alec, what about you? Uh, they can kind of wombo it as a surprise and disappoint, and maybe not as much a disappointment. But that the AFC West was touted supposed to be just must see TV, mm-hmm. and you know I will. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. They've lived up to it. The Chargers, I will. They've looked good in spite of some injuries. I think they're playing impressive football with without their best pieces. The Raiders, you know, they. I think it's a little bit of karma coming back in the fact that last year I think they were they was seven and one in one score games, and this year it's it's about the inverse. They're they're not getting blown out, but they just can't make that one final play. And the biggest shock of all, just top to bottom, Denver. I don't know what. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what's not jiving with that the coaching staff and Russ. I don't know if it's all on one side or the other, but they've got pieces there, and they just don't show it. That team every week comes out and just looks flat. They already look like they're fed up with Russ, but too bad you got about six years and two hundred more million dollars to go through before Alec, you can move he's, on. He's going to come on. I don't think it'll be this year because it's already three quarters of the way over now, but. If he stays with them, I think they'll formulate uh, an offensive thrust that's based on him. He, he can come over in time, I think, for them to get a good game plan. Losing a leader, anytime you lose a major leader on your team, it affects everybody. And Von Miller not being there is a major deficit. Now, he, he may be out for a while with Buffalo, but you see what kind of an individual he is, not just as a defensive strength, but as a guy who can rally a team and bring them together to playing as a unified uh, outfit, we've seen he's been down here. He did a lot of his training here in the Ozarks uh, during the offseason. A guy has, he's got a lot of capabilities about him.
we'll have our intrepid Denver reporter Kevin Beatty on in a couple of weeks when uh, the Chiefs play the Broncos. Be interesting to get his take on Russell Wilson and what the people in Denver think about all that. But you know, I said going into the season, just getting Russell Wilson does not make you a playoff caliber football team. And a lot of people seem to want to go, oh yeah, Denver's going to make the playoffs because they have Russell Wilson now. Russell Wilson has run for his life Mm -hmm. in Seattle and he is continuing to do the same thing in Denver. And as he gets older, it's just going to be harder for him to do that. When we come back, we'll have our picks. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Mostly sunny right now in Kansas City as the Chiefs get ready to take on the L.A. Rams 43 should be great weather for a football game. Hope everybody enjoys it. We'll have kickoff here coming up right around 325. I think that's when they do kickoff. The Chiefs pregame show begins in about four minutes. It's time for our picks. And as always, as we do our picks, we start out this way with this thing because it's really important that everybody knows that this is what is going on. Ned's Ironclad Rock Solid Pick of the Week. That's right. Ned's Ironclad <laughs> Rock Solid Pick of the Week. And he picks... Oh, uh, there's no question about it. We picked the Chiefs this week. This is as close to in the NFL. Now, keep in mind, everything's relative. But this is as close to in the NFL to what you get as a non-competitive football game. Los Angeles does not belong on the field with the Chiefs. Now, that's not to say that amazing things can't happen. But I would be stunned... If uh, the Rams make a game out of this, I'll tell you what I think Kansas City does, and this one comes out, establishes their dominance right away, maybe scores a couple, maybe even three touchdowns, and then plays out the string. It's the way the Chiefs are capable of doing because they have such a good football team. I will pick Kansas City to knock off the Rams in this one. Let's say, let's say 27, 27 to 10. Now, just a note after we play that, a little more energy. Just bring up the energy a little bit. Just bring it up a little bit, okay? Ned, what's the point spread on this game? 15. Alec. And and to my knowledge, that's the largest one this year in the NFL. Yeah, you never know what you'll get out of a new quarterback. Maybe the Chiefs don't have any tape on him. Maybe he's got more talent than we think. But, I mean, ultimately this is Kansas City's game to, you know, take to the bank. They'll drive. They can drive this straight to win if they want to. I think Kansas City wins, but I do think they know they're going up against an undermatched team. And every team who plays Kansas City plays their best game because it's the Chiefs. So why Kansas City wins, and I don't think it's close, I do think it's lower scoring. So I'm going Chiefs 24, Rams 3. All right, Josh. You're, are you going to watch? No, I'm not going to watch it. Oh, come but, on! But because the point spread is 15, I'm going to say that the <laughs> final score will be 24-10 to 10 Chiefs because they won't cover the spread because everybody's betting 
that the Chiefs will beat them 30 to nothing. You're going on history, aren't you? Because I think the Chiefs are 0 for the last five weeks in covering the spread. Well, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Direct TV subscribers and Color 10 viewers, I predict uh, you won't have to worry about the game today. It's on uh, Fox. It's on Fox. That's the reason why. Oh, they yeah. can see it then. Yep. Yeah. They can see the game. When's they, when are they going to get that straightened out? Man? Come on. I'm, I will tell you, in the dealings, when we were at KY3 and these things cropped up, they were done in maybe a day or two. We never went this long. I don't know what they're yeah. what the hangup is. Yeah. So, all right. Here's my prediction. I kind of agree with Alec that I think uh, first quarter will be surprising, and I think the Chiefs fans will probably wring their hands a little bit. I'm going to say it'll be it'll be close, and perhaps even LA leading at the end of the first quarter. And I think the Chiefs will come out, smash them right in the face in the mm-hmm. second quarter, and we're looking at maybe 24-10, and then halftime. Uh, she's just, they won't, they just want to stay healthy. So I'm going to say 24, 24, 13, it's going to be my final score. You may not, may only see a field goal in the second half. So all four of us in here have the chiefs scoring within the twenties, nobody above 30. I, yeah, I don't think that they, I, I think they need to, I think they only do that when they play. I think they're going to play for, I think they're going to play for health. I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. After all, you're, believe it. Here's a team that is. Has virtually the AFC West locked up. Yeah, I yep. mean, they're, they're going to win it. They're going to be in the playoffs. You want to be healthy when you're going in. So why expend all this energy? Yes, you're you've got a paying customer there. You want to put your best. That'll happen. We'll be back on the air next Sunday at one o'clock. Get set for the Chiefs and the Rams right here on one hundred four point seven, the Cave.